instead of having a relationship with an apple, I've got a relationship with a Dell. Yes, I regard this as rather a close relationship with a Dell now as opposed to an apple. If the you like it, push, alt, like, control, and delete. If you like it, put, push, control, alt, <laughs> and delete. Uh, uh, oh. Is this our 16th podcast? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. God almighty. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Well, apparently, I've been finding out quite a lot of things about um, six, the number 16. And what did you find? Well, one of the things I found out, which is that um, 16 is to the power, four to the power two. So it's four by four is 16. Who's got so the power? Four has the power, two. And that's 16. Four has the power, two, makes 16. Yeah, four to the power, two is 16. And in the other thing about 16 is that in English speech, right, the number 16 and 6T, I have to say it so clearly, sometimes are confused as they sound very similar, don't they? 60, 16. You know, and um, are we going to include this in our advert for join Des and Dave for GCSE mathematics? <laughs> <laughs> the other important thing I also discovered is that 16 was used in weighing light objects in several cultures. Um, because I and then it says the British have 16 ounces in one pound. You didn't know that, did you? You're did, a metric boy. <laughs> uh, do you know what I think is funny, right, is, is think about it, Des. If you measure yes. something, right, if you go to your staircase and you measure yeah. something or whatever, would you read it out in inches or in centimetres just by default? What would you do? Yeah, I'd be confused. <laughs> <laughs> You're wondering what the power of two and four is. <laughs> I'd be wondering what the... It's the, you know it's the minimum age to get married, apart from if you run off to Scotland, isn't it? And do six. I think you can get married at sixteen. You can't. It's illegal, man. Consent. Scotland won't won't let you in. <laughs> Nicola Sturgeon and the rest will say no. Yeah, Alex Salmon's starting his own party. It's like he's listening to what's happening in America. Anyway. Yeah. Let's see. What can we find? You've got. I can Only put the six- sound of music. You are 16. Go oh, no. On 17. Oh, 17 is going to be next week, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Should we not explain to, to our, our listeners that she's going to bellow something? Really? You're, gonna, there's, you're really going to like it. Trust me, you're going to like it, right? Just, oh, dear. Just, just check it. And I'm back cooking again. And today I'm doing a twist of different soups. And what you, if you want to know what the twist is, I am supposed to be doing beef soup and alphabet soup. Now I know that alphabet soup she's, she's is cooking that in water. Pasta. <laughs> And there is no way, I know you'd like me to, but there is no way I am going to sit up all night putting alphabet letters out (laughs) and pasta. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do beef soup. (laughs) For those people that can't currently see it. And I'm also going to do an alphabet soup together. That's an electric cooker she's got there. Yes. If you don't There's, cook properly. I'm gonna skip oh, right to just a little bit. So she's mm. left that to cook, right? Pasta in a di- in or in a dish. I keep saying in a dish, I mean in the pan. She's going to fry pasta now. Oh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> He's changed the methods to I'm the I'm only gonna put up <laughs> Oh no, wait fry, for it. Fry, <laughs> when it, when it, fry when pasta and Boil, boil. <laughs> the pasta to boil. No Where's the water, dear? Really. <laughs> right, as you can see, it's starting to... Does, does uh, it make I'm you want your lunch? <laughs> no. It's put me off lunch completely. I'm going to slice... She's going to put some carrots. <laughs> she adds peas and everything and she boils it for I'm an hour. To, uh, this is it. So look, there's three plates. One... Two, three. 
there's some for the dog, Desmond. My son's going to do his famous taste test. I'm not picking it up because it is where it's hot. Oh, she, you missed the fact that she put lots of gravy in. Again? <laughs> what I love is her face, Des. Look at her I face. I can't explain it, but it's nice. It's just nice. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's garbage. No, it's nice. It is really nice. You got Good it luck. right, darling. First time. Good. <laughs> I'm back cooking again. So that's Kay's cooking, Des. Oh, I discovered that. Who the hell Thursday. is Kay? Oh, who knows? But she, she's got a lot of viewers. this week, Georgia Republicans assaulted their democracy with a pen, turning Trump's big lie into law. Ten people dead in mass Colorado shootings. Migrant influx at the southern border is not a crisis, says Democrats. And increase in vaccine hesitancy, especially by people of color and marginalized communities both rich and poor. And in other news this week, the row over the vaccine supplies between the UK, the EU and AstraZeneca rumbles on. The UK government spends 2.6 million on a new media room. What was wrong with the current one? A poll conducted in the UK says that most people believe that they won't be seeing a holiday abroad anytime soon. All that and more on this week's Des and Day. This land is your land and this land is my land From California to the New York Island From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters This land was made for you and me I went a-walking that ribbon of highway And I saw above me that endless skyway I saw below me that golden valley This land was made for you and me Welcome to this week's Des and Dave. <laughs> it sounds like something from a bygone era, Des. Well... Do you know what? One of the most strangest feelings, one get this feeling, that the Republicans want to take us back to the bygone age. It rather reminds me of uh, Trump's very famous quote um, saying that, you know, um, um, what's this about? Make America great again? Well, that's a bygone period. And I think we're hurtling towards that period. <laughs> We mentioned it last week that in Republican um, states, meaning that they control their, you know, the, the, the houses and the senates and the because America is 50 mini countries. Let's not forget. They all have their little presidents that they're called governors. And this week in Georgia, Desmond, um, along with a lot of other states, but in Georgia, they've actually passed the law now that is suppressing voters. And it's just absolutely shocking uh that they did it at such speed and with very little um contrition they they tried to deny that this thing is racist the governor has come out today and said that no that no element of this is racist at all and biden's comment was very simple forget everything else the voter id the this the, the mail-in boxes it's now illegal 
to give somebody a bottle of water who's queuing to vote. I think that the two key words that we probably will see will crop up again and again in this debate about the direction in which the Republicans are moving, and that's compassion compassion and humanity. And it seems that the Republicans have lost their compassion and humanity. Because as you say, they've passed sweeping laws restricting black voters' access in the states, introducing more rigid um, voter identification requirements. Particularly, I was interested in the limiting drop boxes, which means that people have to travel much further distances now to um, to to vote, which which really is a bias towards the rich. And this this is the most interesting bit that got me, is that they've expanded their legal powers over the elections. Um, one of the things they've done is that they've sacked your friend, Raffensperger, and all those election officers who denied Trump's attempt, attempt to um, illegally over overturn the last election and suppress the votes of people of color. And what the GOP have done is they finally giving themselves the power that Trump wanted. Um, and uh, because they can throw out any election board member in any county who disagree with their electoral decision or selection. Because they and they have passed already similar laws. We we're focused at the moment on Georgia, but they've passed similar laws in places like um, Iowa, um, in uh, Arizona, Florida, and I believe also Texas. So it's sweeping the country, and it's a worry. <laughs> it's an enormous worry. This land is your land, is it really? I mean, it is it is quite worrying, but there ultimately is a solution and we'll get there in a moment. But yeah. it, it still astounds me that, OK, let's unpick this. Right. Let's try and just unpick this again. So in Georgia, Donald Trump alleges there was election fraud, so much so that he rings up the person in charge of organizing the elections and says, you need to find this many number of votes. What based anyway, we know it's a lie. But this is what he did. He telephoned up and tried to do this. Georgia counted not once, not twice, but three times. <laughs> three times they counted. And Raffensperger and his office, there was a few and literally like a handful because they, when they recounted, they also tri triple checked signatures. And on a couple of them, they also checked like, okay, the de death registration certificates. And there was one, Desmond, in the entire state that a dead person had voted and it was for their partner. And it just so happened that they'd sent it off, but then the partner had died. So it, 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 you just think to yourself, none of this is for election protection. When you were saying earlier on about voter ID increasement, you know, yes, okay, ID is no bad thing. However, it means bringing a solicitor to your house or a lawyer in America uh, uh, that would have to sign and countersign your ballot. Like, who's paying for that? Who's organizing that? Uh, you, and you didn't mention it again, Des, because probably I said it, but giving somebody a bottle of water. I mean, can you yeah. imagine? So yeah. It's a policeman's duty yeah. now to do what? And then you get to the fact that they did it with such speed. There was no debate. They say there was no element of racism in this. And it's very simple. They just don't want to try and win uh, black people's votes. They are getting rid of the voting on Sunday and so on and so on. And you just think to yourself, you, this is going to backfire. Surely it's going to backfire because somebody like Stacey Abrahams, that fabulous community organizer, has got people out to vote in Georgia and they managed to unseat two sitting senators and uh, uh, in the, and change the House, uh, change the Senate uh, to the Democratic hands. So 
it's possible and this is the wrong game if I was them. You are trying to drill down to an even smaller electorate. But a lot of people I've been listening to have been commenting on where the Republicans are getting their funding. Because after the insurrection of January 6th at the Capitol, in terms of getting in funding for the political parties has been rather difficult because of what went on. However, in Georgia, there are various companies, one of them being Coca-Cola, that are funding the Republicans. And you think to yourself, Coca-Cola in the 70s was like a bastion of, um, okay, they wanted to sell Coke, so I suppose they didn't care who they sold it to, but at least the sentiment was there when they did that little song about, you know, they want the world to sing in perfect harmony. Well, funding voter suppression laws, they should be prepared for some kind of boycott, possibly. And the most worrying thing, because the reality of it is, even though Biden won by over 7 million more votes, it's down to 44,000 votes in, is it Minnesota or Wisconsin? Maybe I forget, Minneapolis, I don't know, one of these places. But it's down to 44,000 because of the way the Electoral College works. So even though Biden won by 7 million, it's really only 44,000 that could have changed the mass. Do you know what's particularly galling about this voter suppression? The law has been changed in such a way to take powers away from the the electoral board or officers. If the Republicans decide in a state that they don't like the results of an election, they now have the right to alter it. There's your democracy. They can say, no, we don't like that candidate winning, a Democrat candidate winning. We want the Republican to win. So what we'll do is we'll simply as Trump suggested, we'll just carry over 11,781 votes to the Republican candidate. They have now doing what Trump wanted to do at the end of the election. Then they are now legitimately stealing the election from the victorious candidate. They're now doing it legally. And that's the difference between them and Trump. What they were probably trying to say to Trump is, no, you can't do it like a cowboy. You've got to do it like an American judge, you know, but our judge, <laughs> you know. I think I that's- I the- understand why they're all vying for, you know, it, they're fighting a zero sum game. It really is not gonna work for them in the long run because there is the thing that can, overturn what happens in the states and it's currently sitting in the senate and this was the debate last week like their timing is awful because ultimately if the senate is able to pass hr1 it will undo all of these things that the republicans have just passed in georgia so it makes it even more prevalent and i think the most interesting because we've, we've said this enough on the podcast about the filibuster and how it works and needs to be got rid of or amended even without HR1 hitting the floor, the voter, the Voter Rights Act, even without it being debated yet, but it's on the horizon, that's changed the landscape. Already the conversation about the filibuster has begun. Already the needle has begun to shift, and it's not even begun to hit the debate floor. Wait until then, and then they will prove their case. Because, in fact, this makes the Democrats' case even stronger for pushing for voter rights, because what argument will the Republicans have uh, to argue against it. I think you're right. There are no legal arguments. Incidentally, it's S1 rather than HR1 in the Senate. Um, There is no legal, the Republicans have no legal basis for for the changes that they're implementing. They know that. They're not, you know, they're they're not stupid. They they actually know that. Um, But I reserve the uh, right to call them stupid, Desmond. (laughs) <laughs> well, certainly, but I, I, I will, I'll give you a really lovely incident. I was listening to um, the comments made, um, anti-Trump comments made by Ted Cruz at the 2016 election. He called him all the things that Trump is being identified as, a narcissist, um, you know, uh, um, uh, um, basically all the most horrible things that Trump has been 
described as, and I'm not going to go through them all now, but, um, and today, the narrative is very, very different from Ted Cruz. Trump is his best friend. So, you know, you'd have to say that Cruz is a highly intelligent man. Why would he be doing this? He's doing this for political motive. And I think that's, that's how I see the, um, the Republican response to the, to the change in the laws. Because we talked about this last week. Instead of, you know, reflecting on what went wrong in the last election, no, they're going, just going to make a blanket screen, um, a change rather, of all the laws just to ensure that they continue winning. And they will continue winning for as long as they stay in power. But the plan is to stay in power for as long as possible. Um, and, you know, but one of the things that Warnock, um, uh, Senator Warnock was talking about, the newly elected um, uh, Democrat um, senator was saying that one of his colleagues, and I think she is one of the law officers, um, I believe her name is Cannon, she attempted to enter the secret room that the governor of Georgia who himself had fiddled his um, victory over um, Stacey Abrams. Abrams. They were sitting in a room quietly signing this bunch of laws when they had a knock on the door. And it was by this female, black female um, lawmaker. And she knocked on the door to inquire about what they were doing and why they, why they justified, why, what, what, you know, what justification they found for doing this. She was promptly assaulted by the police, in, thrown in prison, kept there for, um, for, for a couple of hours before being released, and has now been in, indicted, indicted and charged for what? For knocking for on a door, Desmond, for knocking, knocking on a door. There you go. And did you see Stacey Abrams's tweet? So she's got a picture no, of the 1950s it. of a black woman being held down by police outside of Georgia, the Georgia State House, and then the picture of the woman that you just described, Park. What's her surname? Park Cannon. Park Cannon. What a great name, Park Cannon. Go you! <laughs> like she knocked on a door. Like you know, it it it. All she was doing was in quite. She knocked on a door, and you can see the clip. It's all over the internet. She just simply knocked on a door, and as you said, she has now been indicted and charged for a felony for disturbance or something. Actually, I think it's more serious than disturbance. But um, let's see what happens in the courtroom because America is a land of lawyering, and um, everybody is a damn lawyer. And let's see what laws get passed because this. This is only the beginning for the Republicans. As you mentioned, in other states, it's happening. And the only solution is to do it from the Senate level, uh, nationally, at, at the federal level, and say, no, 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 no. Everybody's right to vote, easiest as possible. Maximum participation, as I said the other week, Des. It's a maximum participation yeah. law. So crack on with it, Senate. Crack on with it. We talked about this um that uh, 10 people um, died in the mass Colorado shoot shooting. But I, I notice actually there's a lot of silence over this shooting. Not an awful lot of, is, being, um, is being said about the, um, the identity of them, the shooter. Um, but they, what they did say was that there was only one shooter um, involved in the whole incident. And he was from Colorado, Avada in Colorado, and had lived most of his life in the U.S. I think they believe that he originally came from Iran. Um, and that they also told us, which is quite interesting point, which I'm sure you'll pick up on later, Dave, that, the, that it, well, he, he purchased an, um, a rifle, a particular rifle. Um, I think it's called the... AR-15, something like that. The, the important um, thing about the rifle is it was banned until a few weeks ago. Absolutely. Until this is the, the point Republicans... I was coming to. Yes. Yeah, okay. All right, sorry. Tell it, tell it. No, 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 fine. No, no, because it was a, it was what they described as, I believe, a semi-automatic weapon um, that has been, has been used in several mass shootings. 
But anyway, in relation to this, we know that three people, three people were killed whilst they were actually at work in in the um, in the, the supermarket. And one person killed was the uh, police officer. And I remember that particularly particularly affected me because he was a, a police officer with something like seven grandchildren, seven children. The problem is that there have been, that the Republicans have continued to block gun safety measures now for some time. And here's some interesting issues. Uh, they've said that over the course of the last year, there's been something like a 40% increase in guns, gun sales last year. Last year was also the most violent year in decades in America, with more than almost 2,000 people dead. That was in one year, Trump's year. And another bit of a useful bit of information for people is that in terms of guns, America makes up something like 5% of the world's population, but apparently has something like 45% of the world's privately held firearms. Quite extraordinary piece of information there. But Colorado has actually been bedeviled by a lot of sh shooting. The mass, mass shooting, I believe it's in um, about 2012, and it was at a nightclub, as far as I remember. Um, and also we had the Columbine high school shooting. Again, um, that, that was, I, I believe, um, perpetrated by students. But um, Colorado has been, uh, has been the center of quite a lot of this type of mass shooting. But the issue for Biden, which he said very clearly, he calls for the, a ban on, on these assault weapons because this young man only bought that weapon days before the shooting. And more importantly, it's a, it's a dangerous and offensive weapon. Why, why are there no gun laws to pre restrict people's um, ability to buy these rather violent weapons? And, you know, this nicely brings us up onto this issue about gun laws that you spoke, you spoke about earlier, Dave. I mean, it's maddening to me and you that live in the UK where, you know, I, I don't know if you remember, there's all those years ago um, up north. Oh, God, what was the name of the school? Dunblane. Oh, yes, yes. In the, in the mid-90s. That's right. And this yeah. really changed any UK gun laws. Like, it was, that was it. It just took one. And in America, it it seems that it doesn't matter how many high school students are killed, they won't act. But you have to take that together with the way that the American democratic system is broken. You have something in America called the National Rifle Association. And even you know, basically a gun group and heavily funded to make people buy guns. You know, it's a capitalistic cycle. But they even have membership for kids. It's like the Boy Scouts or the Girl Guides or whatever. You 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 know they write you know, they to kids, write. they take them to care, they take them to camp and so on and so on. And you and then all of a sudden at some stage it turns into okay and let's shoot weapons. Let's not forget there have been cases in America where little kids have been taken to firing ranges and killed adults by accident. It, it, why on earth people believe that you need? The gun, I don't know, but we don't live in America, Des. We don't have this kind of Second Amendment right, supposedly. But Seth Meyer had quite a good little section on his show this week, and um, he had a, a judge on from 1991. Well, he, not, he had one, but he played a clip from 1991 um, from a judge who said that this was the biggest fraud on the American people ever. And I think, ultimately this we always read it as the right to bear arms and it's not quite that like the second amendment is short but it's it mainly talks about having an organized militia meaning your police force and so on and at the time always with this constitution in america that they love to revere you know this was the <laughs> this was 200 odd years ago they didn't imagine that you would have you know, uh, submachine guns and the like and grenade launchers and so on. They didn't envisage this. And either which way, I don't know who these Americans think they are defending themselves from. We came so close on the 6th of January. 
seconds, as we know, a minute, under a minute from them being able to get some of the senators. And had they got rid of the vice president, Pelosi, and a few of the others, the only senior politician left standing would have been Trump and some cabinet secretaries. What a worrying or haunting thought that could have, you know, transpired. But ultimately, I don't know who benefits from having these guns, um, uh, you know, where, where has been the success for them, apart from if you are the gun manufacturer making a lot of money. The NRA is currently being sued out of existence. Um, and you've mentioned in previous podcasters, one of the ways that they even dealt with the KKK in America was to sue them out of existence. And it seems at the moment that's what's happening with the NRA. So while they're weak, while they're down, maybe now is the time to pounce. You know, again, like voting laws, they have some gun laws already written down and organized. And Obama wasn't quite able to get it passed. Um, let's not revisit history too much. Obama did try, but it, the NRA was probably at its strongest at that moment in time as well. So let's hope the Democrats choose to strike and, and do it and speak. i tell you what, one of the things that went through my head um, two things actually that went through my head when in talking about this Colorado killing. And the first thing I thought of was that this is death by white men. And then I thought to myself, hang on a moment, this most recent mass shooter was, um, had certainly an Arab sounding name, but more importantly, the claim was that he was from Iran. But the two previous mass shooting in Colorado were one, the first one was um, in the nightclub, was done by a chap called James Egan Holmes, where he set off tear gas and grenades and killed about 12 people and uh, God knows how many others he injured. And of course, the Columbine shooting, which was actually a young teenage, two, two or three teenage boys that were um, students themselves that, that killed other students. And I was thinking that Biden said very clearly at the very outset of all of this, this was, he described this as domestic terrorism, where most of the perpetrators are people who are part of the white supremacist movement. It's as right then, when he made that statement a few uh, months or a month or so ago, as it is today, it's still domestic terrorism. And that's an issue that confronts America today, is how do they stem the flow of these, this domestic, domestic terrorism? How do they do that? It's really very important. But I just want to say something very quickly, Dave, you may not be aware of this, is that our favorite lady, Marjorie Help me with her name. Marjorie hell no, Green. hell no. My favorite lady is Nancy <laughs> Pelosi, Mrs. Fabulous. <laughs> what do you're we on call about her? that? You're the on about the mistress, malevolent mistress of malarkey, Marjorie malarkey. Taylor, stupid Marjorie Green. Ta Did you know, Dave, that apparently she has a very good friend whom she has talked very, very highly of, who have now been identified as being one of the people who went into the, was part of the mob identified as being a part of the mob in the building. And, but So the point I'm making here is that with some of these things that are happening, it's very, very clear that the disruption and the, the critical information is coming from within the Republican Party. The Republican members are making, are contributing to the um, to the to the the, the spread of inf vital information that it enables people to you know to take part in some of the violence that uh, that's currently going around the country, um, and so the Republican Party has a major major role to play if there is to be any gun change in America. The increase at the border is a predictable, what's been described as a seasonal increase. Every one of the interesting discussions that I'm sure we'll hear a video of is the Mehdi Hassan interview with um, 
uh, high flyer from the Republican Party, a Texan called a Texan um, congressman called um, Dan Crenshaw. And what Medi attempts to say to him is, look, to accept rather initially is to say, look, over the previous nine months, there has been an increase in the number of um, migrants at the border. And that is not an issue for Biden because Biden was not president nine months ago and has not been has not been the president um, until January of this year. And even then, the Republicans have denied him access to the information that he needs to put bodies on the ground and people to to manage uh, some of that work. And so which which um, Dan Crenshaw. Crenshaw would, Crenshaw would not accept initially. The Trump organization had a, a, ran a policy which was called Title 42. And it's a policy which basically restricted both adults and children coming into America. What they would, what the, the, the adults and children were split and they were individually sent back to across the border, wherever wherever they apparently came from. But Biden does not operate. He accept, he operates the adult part of the uh, Title 40, 42 policy, but he refuses to deport the children. So, and he, is, he doesn't operate an open border. He operates, he's, because the, the point that Medi was attempting to, 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 to get agreement, uh, agreement of from the um, uh, Republican senator is that look, you can't go around with this big lie telling people that the um, the the Democrats are allowing migrants in, and Trump was the only one kicking migrants out because seventy two percent of migrants who come into America are being turned back. We have a short sound clip of this which puts it, this into perspective. This happened overnight, okay, when, when President Biden rescinded the Remain in Mexico policy, when they rescinded the asylum cooperation agreements with the Northern Triangle countries, when they said, hey, we're not going to deport you when you come. So, so, so Biden has the nerve to say quietly, hey, don't come, wink, don't come, don't come here, don't come here. If you come here, we're going to give you a bus ticket wherever you want, and we're not going to deport you. I'll come back to your Remain in Mexico and asylum cooperation agreement points in a moment. But the rest of that, Congressman, is just not true. How can you say the Biden administration isn't deporting people? Last month, nearly three out of four people encountered at the border were expelled straight away under Title 42. 72% of people encountered at the border last month, apprehended, were instantly expelled. So how is what you said on Fox true? It isn't. Look, over the course of 2020, 1,000 people came illegally into the U.S. and then were released in the interior of the U.S. And this, in just the year 2021, it's 20,000. Right, this comes straight out of Border Patrol. It was just down there a couple of weeks ago. So again, there, there are very specific instances of policy reversals that have caused, caused a massive spike in illegal immigration and people incentivized to come across our border. I, I'm not sure why we're debating that point. I think we should debate what to do about it. I'm wondering why you're I'm wondering why you went on Fox and say people are not being deported when 72 percent of the people that. apprehended the border last month were deported under Joe Biden. Can you deal with that point? Like you just played what I said. I never said nobody was getting deported. And, and so what people here, our I mean, system works fairly well. Our, our, it, uh, you just played what I said, and I know I didn't say you that. Said, so, hold on, hold on. I, what, I mean, you said, me, you said, hold on, hold on. You said, you can't, like, hold on, hold on. You said, Biden has the nerve to say, don't come, wink, don't come here, don't come here. If you're coming here, we're going to give you a bus ticket wherever you want. We're not going to deport you. 72% of people that's, so that's effectively, were deported. So thank you for proving me right and saying I didn't say he's not deporting anybody. So what... So th this is the, the Republicans denying black is white and white is black again. He's having his own words played back at him and he's trying to deny that they mean what they mean. I mean, it, 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 it's disinformation central. I think the Americans have taken something from the Russians. Uh, uh, and um, you've got a little clip of uh, 
somebody propping up these issues. Just have a little listen and we'll unpick it. I, I think this is such an interesting analysis when we look at um, Russian disinformation, of which, you know, Ron Johnson seems to be an eager student. Um, the, the Russian disinformation campaigns have, have found a foothold in this country and specifically in, in the American audience. Anne Applebaum in The Atlantic writes about that and she says, the Russian security services have now studied us and worked out, it probably wasn't very hard, that large numbers of Americans, not only Fox News pundits and OANN broadcasters, but also members of Congress, are very happy to accept sensational information, however tainted, from any source that happens to provide it. As long as it suits their partisan frames and as long as it can be used against their opponents, they don't care who invented it or for what purpose. Russian disinformation does not succeed thanks to the genius of Russians. It succeeds thanks to the sharp partisanship of Americans. Russian disinformation works because the Americans allow it to work and because those same Americans don't care anymore about the harm they do to their country. She's writing about the Republican Party right there, isn't she? It, it is, and it, does, it seems Trump has given them permission to just say what they like. Just say what you like. It doesn't matter anymore. It's it doesn't matter what you say. Like it it it, it doesn't seem important. But I like to hope and believe, Des, that people are listening. You know, R Russia has its disinformation campaign. Right now, Fox News this week is now being sued for 1.6 billion. I think it is. Why not make it an extra one? Uh, and again, it's the defamation case is quite strong because. It, it, without getting too technical, you have to prove certain things. And the voting companies are able to prove certain things. They are able to prove and show that they told Fox News on repeated occasions and they allowed it to keep being told. The big lie kept being repeated. And Trump was even on this week being interviewed. And he said during his interview that the people at the insurrection were law-abiding, peaceful citizens that were hugging the police, Desmond. They were hugging the police. I want to see a video clip of that. But on the, the counter side of it, you've also got the, the charges are being ramped up. They have charged uh, hundreds of people now with charges uh, from the January 6th insurrection, and they are moving towards the sedition charges. And on 60 Minutes again this week, um, they had some of the people that are working in the attorney's office that will, uh, some of the prosecutors, and they basically admitted, yes, they are looking at Trump. They are looking at everything, Desmond, and they are looking quite clearly. Um, and what they say is even if you just take public record of what other people have said. So these are the defendants. They're saying, oh, I came on the 6th to defend democracy because Trump told me to. <laughs> like his supporters are putting him back in the firing line. And again, the Republicans are choosing to support the loser. He is a champion loser. You know, reality television star. There couldn't be any more fakery to him, but they are choosing to stand behind him. Go on. I've got a serious question for you. Which president was the only one since 1993 to reduce the border patrol officers? George Bush. Good try. Clinton doubled it from 4,000 4, to 9,000 during his eight years. Bush doubled it again from 9,000 to 17,000. Obama increased it to 21,000, but Trump reduced it to 9,000. It's Trump who's reduced the number of officers on the border. What Biden is trying to do is to combine enforcement with compassion and humanity. And the, the important issue about that border is that the, the, the Republicans are trying to tell the American people that, um, that the, the border was drawn by God. No, it wasn't. And actually, the point made about that whole issue is that land really wasn't originally American. That land, you know, the, Louisiana was sold by the was in the, the Spanish, I believe, to the, 
the whole of America was divided by European conquerors. The whole of it was set up in that way. And unfortunately, it's a rather brittle setup. And so the problems that they have at the border is not new. And no president has sorted it out. Neither Trump, nor Obama, nor Bush, nor Clinton. No president, American president has ever sorted the border problems out. And indeed, I don't think historically will. You mentioned there about the drawing of lines on a map. And um, we played yeah. at the beginning of the show. Woody Guthrie's, this land is your land. Lawrence O'Donnell uh, is quite a good guy to finish on. He gives a very nice summary. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. That lyric was written and sung by perhaps the most liberal American songwriter in history, Woody Guthrie. And when I was a kid learning that song, I never wondered how the Navajo people felt about that, or the Sioux, or the Wampanoag tribe in Massachusetts where I was growing up. This land was made for you and me. When I was a kid, I never wondered how the Mexican people felt about that song since California was once Mexico and Woody Guthrie's Gulf Stream waters were not always the southern border of this country. We purchased Louisiana in 1803 from the people who stole it from the tribes who were there before them. So no, this land was not made for you and me. And so we had to seize it. The current 2,000 mile southern border is really only 109 years old in its current form because Arizona and New Mexico did not become states until 1912. And so their southern borders did not become the southern borders of the United States of America until 1912. The Rio Grande River did not become the southern border of the state of Texas until 1848 when we seized land from Mexico in war. All of our current southern border was taken by force from Mexico in war. And borders established by the seizure of land in war are borders that have had problems throughout history, to put it mildly. And when you seize the most valuable land in a country, you will, call, you will cause a permanent, massive economic dislocation in that country, and that's what we did to Mexico. The most valuable land in the world ever permanently seized in war is California. If California were a country, it would be the fifth largest economy in the world, fifth richest economy in the world. Imagine if California were still a part of Mexico. Imagine how much stronger Mexico's economy would be and how many of us would be trying to get into California. Des, Biden mm -hmm. had his first press conference this week oh. um, and it's been whatever it was, 68 days or something. And, you know, <laughs> This was to the great annoyance of Fox News, I'll have you know. They were demanding, you know, where is this press conference? Anyway, press conference happens. And one of the one of the press conferences afterwards, uh, Fox News asked Jen Psaki, the, the White House press secretary, that basically Biden has a list of reporters that he calls upon for questions. And why isn't Fox News ever on this list? To which Jen Psaki said, but I take questions from you all the time. The president takes questions from you. What's your question? Like, what's the issue? No, but how do you get on the piece of paper? Like, I don't know why the journalist is trying to turn himself into the story, but then they revealed what kind of questions they'd ask about mental acuity. And you think, to, and also him when he tripped up the stairs, and you just think to yourself, you are not a news organization. You are not Fox News. You are Fox Opinion like Fox uh, propaganda machine, and they are being sued now. So let's see if their pockets are deep enough or whether this court case will get as far as it needs to get to to knock them into line. But Biden, again, handled the press conference, I think, very well. They were, you know, Brilliantly. He, he just spoke. It was, you know when people say, oh, people that have the presidential voice and you must speak with gravitas and well. This was like chatting with granddad. He even said at certain points, like, 
oh, I don't know how much detail do you want? Do you want me to stop? He said, okay, I'll stop there. You know, like he, he was like, mm, you've got enough. Like, okay, on that subject, like what else do you want to discuss or talk about? And again, when it came down to voter suppression laws, he, he I think Biden is actually a demonstration and a great example of how to wield power properly. It's the complete antithesis, antithesis opposite <laughs> to Trump because he knows how to wield it. You don't need to be out in front of the cameras every single day spouting that you're doing this and you're signing this thing and smiling for the camera and showing them your signature on another bit of paper that they can't read. But Biden is his shifting mountains. And in a way, I feel like he's able to do it more in some ways than a Bernie Sanders or um, uh, Elizabeth Warren might have been able to because he had such middle ground, centrist, kind of been around 50 years, like, oh, okay, it's just Biden. We know what we're getting. Oh, no, you didn't. Because look at some of his appointees, Desmond. Some of his appointees are people that are experts in their field, beyond experts in their field. They wrote the policy from before. You know, they are, and they've had time. You know, some of them are Obama's people. And why are they Obama's people? Because they were good people then. And they've had time. They've had all the last four years and a bit more sometimes to get themselves ready. And they've learned a lot in that time. Sorry. Do you know what's really stunned Trump about Obama? And I remember this when they had their big campaign debates and Trump turned around and said, Obama, <laughs> I mean, Biden, Trump turned around and said to Biden, you've been here 47 years. What have you done? And I remember reflecting on that at the time and thinking that comment is going to come back to haunt you because you're absolutely right, Dave. You're spot on the buck. 47 years of experience has enabled Biden to demonstrate composure, a wide base of knowledge and the ability to interact with people no more of this you don't know what you're doing you you know you are a scum reporter and you're a this all the offensive language has just drained away the, the, the best thing that fox news said was they had pictures of him when he's got some notes where it's got like some statistics of like chinese trade figures and stuff right so sean hannity one of the hosts was like this is uh, never happened in the history of presidents why, why why is he using notes does his memory fail and then there was a collection on the comedians you know shows that do the late nights in america just showing all of Trump's notes written in massive Sharpie. And one of the ones was where he went to meet victims of a gun shooting and it had to it written down in his notes was, I hear you. Like he had to be reminded to say, I hear you. So it, it, talk about the, you know, the shoe on the other foot. These guys are just a joke. Hey, do you remember, do you remember that time when um, Trump came down from wherever he came down? And he had these massive notes in his hand where, after the first impeachment, where he said that, and it was written in bold letters, there was no, no quid pro quo. <laughs> Do you remember that? Huge but there note. was, but there was. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we know there was, but do you remember the notes in his hand? <laughs> you know, I think it was written about 150 times. There was no quid pro quo, which is what he said repeatedly, and that was quite fun. Heaven help us, but Biden, carry on Bidening. You know, this is the... Usually we're meant to hold politicians to account, Des, and, you know, I have yet to find a, a bit about Biden's team that, you know, had frustrated me yet. But OK, I'm not looking at all of the data. I tell you, there was one, right? There was one. So there was um, one of the press secretaries uh, or people that works in the press department. He'd basically been dating someone and the press had got hold of it and they questioned him. And the journalist that questioned him, he got quite shirty with and just screamed and shouted at him and said, you know, I'll finish you. And obviously that then got out. And, you know, he quietly resigned. I mean, that's that literally that's about as most scandalous as it is. You know, someone's temper flared and you just all the stories that we've discovered that are still coming out of the White House about what happened there during the former guy's time. Just it. None of it makes it any better. 
you just go, oh, wow, it was as bad as we thought, if not worse. And so many people have said that, but you just don't believe it sometimes until you read some of this stuff. Apparently, and this is another actually feather in Biden's cap. Apparently, right, you take a vaccine. Um, let's just refresh us. You take a vaccine to prevent COVID. There is also a COVID treatment that you can take after you've caught the virus. Um, and uh, is this dexamethasone? I don't know what it's called, but I think it's, there's a variety of them. And um, apparently, what they say is that these treatments are available, but the commentary at the moment is that they're very underused by the states. Um, for example, they give the, an example they gave is that um, Trump's treatment of the, after he caught COVID, it's apparently free, but at this stage, very underused. And apparently it's, it's effective between 70 to 100 percent. It's free and it's, as I say, it's, um, it's available, um, it's, it's available to, to all Americans. And um, this is claim was um, made by Fauci in one of his um, in a number of his conversations recently. So now Biden's attempting to push this treatment. So Biden has managed to put 100 million uh, shots in people's arms. There are a population in America of over 300 million. So he's now set another 100 million by the 100 days. So he wants 200 million. And I think they'd only come out and say that if they were confident they could achieve that. But you said in the headlines there's been some reluctancy. I don't know if you want to share any more about that. Yes, by people of colour and also um, some, you know, the, the poor the and also some of the rich as well. Um, people, aren't, people are deeply suspicious um, and they they're rejecting the vaccine for a whole variety of reasons. Um, there isn't a unanimous decision. Some people will say it's because, you know, we're not sure that. Uh, but I think basically they're echoing what politicians are saying. If the politicians are condemning the, the vaccine, and Trump, of course, is a big cult following. So, yes, there's a majority of his people saying they're not going to be taking it. Um, I think it's largely the politicians are to blame. You have that both in Europe and in America. And I'll say that, yeah, they have to accept a large part of the responsibility. I don't think wholly. But also there are the other issue for, for people of color is they're being used as guinea pigs. That's, I know, an, an argument that have been shared very widely. In do you the, know about that? Do you know about that Tuskegee thing? Yes, I heard about that. I think you shared that with me. Do you want to just explain so, a little bit about that? But basically, they were testing. Um, was it LSD? No, they told them it was syphilis treatment, but they were actually testing various things on them. And it was over decades that this was going on. And it took ages to discover. Um, we probably can't do it justice. Maybe when we do some specials coming up in the future, we can unpick it some more. But um, Tuskegee, it's a very, you can Google it. It's a very interesting read. Uh, as Desmond said, we, we, we've both in, intrigued. It, yeah, so when you say about being used as guinea pigs, ultimately, they did it already. Like, that's, that's what's happened. So people have that similar fear. Fundamentally, people were lied to, really. That's what it was. The claim was that they were being um, they were being trialed for whatever, and it's not true. The, the damn thing was killing them. It was quite a lot of people died as a consequence of that. Um, so there is a distrust there. There is the cult thing. There is the politicians standing on a political platform and making claims that they can't really substantiate because they're not medical people. They're not scientists. They don't know, although they'll probably tell you they do know, but they don't. Um, and I think all of this is contributing to it. And obviously, in the in the um, community of color, there is a deep suspicion that <laughs> that anything rich white men are doing uh, cannot be trusted because you know they'll be they'll made, be made the subject of their experimentation. And I think that's what's fundamentally happening here with the vaccine. 
But um, I think vaccine equity is another issue that's come out a lot, you know, and people in poorer countries are asking whether the rich countries are are enabling the vaccine to go out to the, or I suppose, marginal communities. That's being, that question is being asked quite strongly. But there are, but on a political level, the other, other issue that I can think of on a political level is what a lot of Democrats are asking and asking that very vocally is who is going to pay for the catastrophic cost of Trump's COVID failure? And it's if they don't address that as an issue, even if to shut the case down, it will mean that Trump has got away with almost every possible failure, failure at the border, failure of COVID, you know, failure in government, you, you know, setting up models, which because the, the Republican states are following that model now. They're doing the very thing that Trump attempted to do in the last election you know they've brought laws now into substance to you know to provide some substance to it now so yeah god it's been another enjoyable week hey desmond (laughs) full of delights oh we haven't we haven't got time to say what we're looking forward to i'm just waiting for the deposition of trump or something just you know something to annoy them something you know mitch mcconnell being found out to really be an alien i don't know it'll all happen because for sure he's an alien um there's that's it for this week but i've got a good one to finish on how how did you well we haven't even talked about the uk I ah, we live here it's bloody boring <laughs> the, the, the people are so fickle boris johnson is back up again keir starmer is down there you are that's in summary you know, <laughs> the vaccine has helped boris anyway yeah what happened to the fish yeah literally fish that's what i'm calling <laughs> boris johnson now fish man what happened so he what, does look like he could own a fish and chip you, shop what do you think what do you think we're going to be next week dave any new surprises for us next week I think we could see some indictments simply because it's about to turn April next week. And I remember the Georgia prosecutors saying that the grand juries meet in March. Mm -hmm. So it can't be too long for them to have deliberations and then share their decision. Or if, yeah, I think, I don't know, would we find out if he gets let off? Anyway, it's all to come in podcast 17. eh? Um, But I've got a good one. We can finish on Des. Um, I don't know if you know, have you heard of someone called Childish Gambino? No. Okay, all right. What, I should uh, be No, 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 not necessarily. Oh. Just, um, I only, listen, this came out years ago, but I only discovered this this year. Yeah, check this out. There's, so you can watch the video as well. American. Oh, okay. I've got a feeling I have seen it. So go ahead. Slipping now, don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry them. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go into this. Yeah, yeah, this is Gorilla. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go get the bag. Yeah, yeah, or I'ma get the pad. Yeah, yeah, I'm so cold like, yeah. Yeah, I'm so dull like, yeah. We gon' blow like, yeah.
America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. Look how I'm kicking now. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. Yeah, I'm on get it. Watch me move. This is Sally. That's a tool. Yeah. On my Kodak. Black. Oh, know that.